listening to Lead Defend, the podcast designed to help you grow in faith and leadership as you navigate the stages of your young adulthood. We address important faith topics and provide practical life tips, helping you build your faith as you engage in a changing culture. Here are your hosts, Seth Tucker and Ryan Scantling. All right. Hey, Lead Defend. It's Seth and Ryan, and we are here with season two. Uh, not sure what episode we're in, but that's just the way it works around here. Okay. That's right. So, uh, no idea, but we have a guest today, Miriam Ramirez, and she is the owner of Ramirez Law Firm. Been in existence almost four years, and uh, Miriam was a friend of mine through college, and man, it has been incredible just kind of watching her grow throughout the years. Miriam, just tell me a little bit about yourself uh, so that the people can hear it. Okay, so I, like Ryan said, my name is Miriam Ramirez. My parents were originally from Mexico. Um, They came here in the 80s, and um, uh, we relocated to Arkansas. Um, I was born here, raised here, and grew up here, so Arkansas is all I've known. I went to college at Arkansas Tech University. Yeah, Wonder Boys. Yes, and that's where I met you, actually. And um, and those years were some of the most amazing years of my life. Then I went to law school um, at the U of A in Fayetteville. And then I graduated in 2016, got my license the following year in 2017, and then started my practice. So, um, yeah, that's what where how I got to where I am. A fast track. So under 30 and have had your own yes. law practice now for almost four years. Yeah. It's impressive. I mean, now, does it usually take a year after graduation to get your license, or how does that work? Oh, okay. Well, this is a... Not a sensitive subject anymore, oh. but <laughs> Whoa, Seth, not a, you poked <laughs> the bear. So I graduated in May and I was supposed to take the bar yeah. exam in July. They only offer it twice, July and February. I submitted my application um to FedEx. They lost my package. Or actually they put it my label on a wrong package. So I didn't get a chance to take the bar that July. But when I look back, I think about God's provision and how he, um, I ended up working um, and getting actual practical um, uh, knowledge. Um, and so then it was until February the next year where I actually got to sit for the bar and take it. And I passed, thankfully. Um, but, yeah, so it usually takes a while. Um, um, unfortunately, so long story short, Miriam is a UPS girl yes. now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the dog ate my homework. I mean, it's, it's almost on that level. There yeah, you go. No, like, yeah, man. Um, but I still use FedEx every day. <laughs> <The ship's laughs> That's awesome. Well, now, Miriam, so you talk about living out your faith in a legal practice. Mm-hmm. And there were some times early on when people said, hey, I don't know if you can be a Christian and do law. But I want to even back up before that, before we get to that moment. What was it like growing up um, in a pastor's household? Your dad's a pastor. And yes. when did you come to faith yourself? Okay, so I came to faith at eight years old. I vividly remember, I don't remember the exact date, but I remember the day. Um, My dad, um, you know, growing up in church, I was the one that while my dad was doing the service, I was running around in circles. He would have to stop the service. (laughs) Miriam, sit back down. Um, That was me. But then finally, at the age of eight, um, I like, I don't know, it was just, I guess, just God opened up my ears and opened up my heart to what my dad was actually preaching. And he actually, that sermon he was preaching about um, being a prisoner to sin and, and the shackles of shame. And, and it just, 
finally, out of all these years, it finally clicked. It finally hit me. Um, so that was around May of 2008 um, that I uh, became a Christian. I grew up in church, did the whole youth thing. I was there. Um, but it really wasn't until college um, that I actually put that faith into practice. Um, my freshman year at Arkansas Tech, it actually wasn't the school I wanted to go to. Um, I knew I wanted to go to law school later on. And so um, just for financial reasons, I just kind of... I, I felt like I got stuck at Arkansas Tech, but now looking back again, in hindsight, I see God's provision, and, and he prepared me during that time. Um, uh, I remember going being a member of First Baptist Dardanelle, um, and we actually had, you know, literally accountability partners where we would sit down and, and, and talk about, like, what are you struggling with? It wasn't a moment to gossip. It wasn't a moment to, you know, um, any of that stuff. It was actually a moment of growth and just to get to know each other and, of course, accountability. And those conversations still have impacted me to this day, mm. um, being on leadership at the BCM or even on um, at the church college ministry. Um, those girls... Our, we still have a group text message where we constantly wow. encourage each other, pray for each other. We've been through um, life's craziest moments, the joyous times, the hardest times, and it all started, the foundation was laid in college hmm. for that. So you are exiting college, and you have this dream to go to law school. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about where that dream started. What made you passionate about law? Okay, my um, growing up in the middle of ministry, like my dad was the go-to person for, you know, the resource for a lot of people. And so he actually, and he even tells me to this day, if, uh, if you ever need me to work for you, I can help you because I filled out forms for a lot of people and <laughs> helped them through that, you know, drove them to the immigration yep. office. Um, so I saw him do that um, personally, and, and I knew that that was something that impacted in my parents. Even to this day, we take mission groups every year to Mexico where we're from and seeing the difference in my cousin's life, like how they grew up and how I've grown up. Just that difference mm. has really gave, given me a new sense of appreciation of um, of what I have. Just simply, the only difference between me and my cousins is being born in the USA. And it's provided me, you know, an opportunity. My dad only went to sixth grade. My mom only went to high school. And so being able to take advantage of, of even graduating with a high school degree was a huge milestone in my family. Um, so that's just kind of got me into thinking about you know immigration law and how I can be um, active in in that area and so I knew I wanted to um, be an immigration attorney and actually when I went to law school that was my goal um, I had these blinders on though that I just wanted to do immigration law but hmm. um, later on I discovered that I'm needed in other areas um, wow. so I do a family law um, I do a good area of family law and also have um, a contract, and I do private cases on um, uh, attorney ad litem. Um, I'm an attorney ad litem. That means I represent children. I'm mm-hmm. in the middle of divorce or uh, family in needs of services um, uh, and then some delinquency um cases as well. So I have, a, you know, not just immigration, but I have a little bit other, but that's where it, okay, it stemmed from. Wow. When you were starting into law school, Mm -hmm. I can vividly remember you having a conversation with me sharing about some people who said, Miriam, you can't be a Christian and be a lawyer. What in the world are you doing going to law school? Mm -hmm. So tell me about those conversations and how you process those. 
Well, it was, I mean, I try not to let things get to me, but it really did hurt. And um, those voices that sometimes still are prevalent to me to the day, I mean, I, I, it's stuff that just, you know, people say sticks and stones can break my bones, but words don't hurt me. Like, that's, I don't believe that's true. I mean, words mm. stick. Um, and so I remember, yeah, um, I would, as soon as, and even to this day sometimes, um, I kind of try and maybe, not that I'm not proud to be an attorney, but sometimes I'm like, okay, this might be controversial. How are they going to accept that? And even more, when you attach immigration in front of it, yeah. it you know. Um, but no, I've, I've literally people had told me, um, you can't be a Christian and an attorney. That's an oxymoron. Um, or you, hey, you're. You, I'm going to be praying for you because you're going to become, you know, crooked just like everyone else. Um, you know, there there's no good there's no good attorneys that I know of. So you know, um, so I got a lot of you know heat for that um, starting mm-hmm. and. Well, Miriam, knowing you throughout the last, I guess, 10 years or so, it is apparent that uh, you are incredibly gifted by God to do what you do, that he's placed these passions in your life. So talk to us about how in a profession like law, you're able to live out the good news of Jesus day in and day out. Um, Right now, like I would... Um, there is a lot of good attorneys, a lot of Christian attorneys, um, but in general, our profession is really tough. I mean, there's a high, um, a high rate of uh, substance abuse. There's a high rate of alcoholism. Um, you know, all those things that one can get involved in because of just a stressful life. And yeah. if I'm if I'm not you know wrong, I think there's actually like um, even more so than even a, in the medical profession wow um that's just how stressful our lives are and even more immigration just because the impact of our cases could mean and result into the um the deportation separation of family um so um how i've handled it is just you know being faithful to um to my community and and just trying to go above and beyond and there's even times where i sit and pray with my clients um if they feel comfortable with that um our staff has at times prayed together over a certain situation um and then just being that example i know that you know there it's there's drama in just everything and there is drama in the um attorney world and so i try to just you know peace to stay at peace with everyone and um and uh, live at peace with them in harmony and and uh, be that shining light and let my my actions live that out and i'd i'd say too you know one thing that people fail to remember is that all through scripture Justice matters to God. Yes. You know, God, God, I mean, it says, uh, it, and when Jesus preaches his first sermon, he talks about how he came to bring justice to the oppressed. He, he bring, you know, he, he came to right wrongs. Mm-hmm. And, to, and that's exactly what the goal is of being an attorney at law, is mm-hmm. to bring justice, to see justice take place. And so, uh, man, even if, even if you can't, you have a client that you can't pray with because, you know, that's, that, you know, you're not, you're not trying to, you know, throw something at them that they're not, that they don't hold on to already. But like, man, you're bringing justice to a world that is unjust. Mm-hmm. And that, that in and of itself is a, is a godly and Christ-like action. And so people see that. Yeah, and no one comes, I mean, there's very few cases where someone actually comes to an attorney for a happy occasion, maybe adoption, yeah. or, you know, to become a U.S. citizen or something. But most of the time people come in 
you know, in a low point in their life. Wow. And so I pray yeah. that in that moment I can help them and I can, and, and, you know, believe it or not, those we're uh, as a church body, we're not immune to that. We're going to go through legal processes. Yeah. We're going to go through legal situations where we will need an attorney. And so I try to be there for them too. And, and just, yeah, um, approach them in that. And then in that moment of their crisis or in that moment of, you know, despair for them, just hopefully shift their eyes to what is really important Mm. and and we talked uh recently with someone and i'm not sure where it's going to air but about a calling to ministry Mm -hmm. okay and and you know ryan from the way he talks about the way that you work miriam is he makes it sound like it's a calling in your life Mm -hmm. would you go down that path with us just kind of talking about like maybe how you might view your your work as a calling, like something that God's told you to do. Yeah, and I think, and, and I feel like right now God is, and and I can't pinpoint my, you know, to one specific no. thing, but just through, like, looking back, like I said, just how God has, like, provided and, and opened up doors or maybe even shut some doors, how I am, like, where I am, where I am right now, and, and every day, like, I get that piece of, you know, maybe it is a tough day, but I have a piece of, hey, like, I did what I could. I I did my job. And then also um, just like my history background just um, kind of makes me feel like, okay, I I can empathize. I can sympathize. Mm. I can actually relate to you. If I was doing, you know, uh, I've I've never been and I've never been had a crime. I've never committed a crime, a arrestable offense. So I would never know how that part, you know, if I were an attorney in that situation, I wouldn't know, oh, I know what it means like to be in jail or I know what it means. So that, you know, but in my situation with immigration or any of those things I can actually relate and empathize and and, and put myself in their Mm -hmm. shoes every time that I have a client come in I always think what if this was my parent what if you know the young kids that I deal with what if that were me how would I Mm want to handle that Um, and then just um, for example too um, I barely made it through law school to be honest Uh, my first year I was like on academic probation um, and it was just an um, it was a shot to my ego because growing up I graduated high school early I was always at the top like it um uh, grades, um, good grades came naturally to me. Um, so again, law school was just where it just kind of, um, tore apart, I guess I would say for me, my world, um, what I'd created it, you know, uh, shattered. I didn't have accountability. It was really tough getting involved in church. Um, but then, you know, even those, I had moments where I felt maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Um, and, and, but I didn't, I kept on going and then now I see like I at the the later on in my law school I was at the top (laughs) um I had good grades I made the dean's list and and then um with uh, my bar exam I passed by three points um, only three points and um but I passed and so those. how how many people have asked you hey what did you make on your bar exam (laughs) see I don't even know what the number was but I know like I I, I calculated I made it by three points but yeah there's friends of mine that that you know uh, passed it by one or something but those little things even getting into law school I remember I had a tough time with my LSAT score and um the the dean of admissions from the U of A was actually on our 
Arkansas Tech campus. And because I had gone to the U of A, he knew who I was. So he was on campus. We said hi. And then that just kind of led, I had some concerns from my own application that I had, you know, addressed with him. And he took care of it and helped me, you know, get to where I needed to be. And I even got accepted um, shortly after. And so, like, all these little things, it wasn't a coincidence that he was at Arkansas Tech campus. It wasn't a coincidence that maybe I was about to, you know, shut the door and have to leave and and God you know shook my ego and and said you know it's not about you it's your pride you need to you know um, reflect on what's important so all those little things like I said I can't pinpoint to one thing but all of that and I look back and see God's faithfulness and God's direction so Miriam you talk about how college had developed you how law school was a crazy time where God continued to develop and almost lay a track for your life that this is the direction I would have you to go. And I've been practicing for four years. And I'm not going to assume that those four years have been incredibly easy. As a single young adult living in uh, a different town than you went to school in, a different town than you went to law school in, what is it like finding community and connecting to your church? It's been really hard. Um, and uh, there's, I honestly feel like, in general, the church struggles with reaching out to people in my um, my circle um, just because I feel I'm too old, obviously, to be in the youth group or the college group. But then I feel like I'm too young because I have been in, like, the young adult Sunday school class and everyone's married or has kids. And so yeah. I'm just at a different stage in life. So what I've tried to do is, is, is instead of at moments, I have to be the one that reaches out. Um, mm. I have to say, okay, well, the church isn't about me. Um, I, if, if I feel like there needs to be this ministry, then why don't I, you know, start it? Why don't I be the one that reach out? So there are a few girls, like, again, uh, it's hard to find someone in my, like, same um, path in life or my same um, stage in life. Um, but I've connected on different levels. And I've also used this time for older women. And I don't mean, like, old, but, like, just... Uh, you know, at a different, you know, uh, the stage above me, um, they've actually, I've used this moment at this time in my life to allow them to mentor me. Um, So I have a lot of friends that are are parents that are my parents' age that I've actually been texting, that we've been praying. Um, So it's been neat that this stage in life, I can see like, okay, what it means to be mentored as well. And then also turn that back around and mentor some college girls in my area um, and, and, and do that. So at this stage of life, you know, God has me in this stage of life for a reason. I help out a lot with the children's ministry at my church, um, and so we're going to camp here in a few weeks. And um, so, you, if, if if you find those little niches where God can use you, if, mm. if there's not a ministry that's specifically designed for you, then either you know, find, do something about it, or or find a way where maybe God's calling you to a different area for a little bit. That's good. That's yeah. incredible. And and one thing that we always like to point out because we talk about this frequently though is is just like Miriam said, like she has people that are speaking into her life that are mentoring her. That's why Ryan asked me to be on the podcast. He needed me to be a mentor in his <laughs> life. Uh, but yeah, whatever, whatever you have to tell yourself to sleep at night, Seth. But but for real, I mean, find somebody that pours into your life on a regular basis because you're never too old for that, and you're never beyond it. Um, there's always someone that you can learn from and that the Lord is appointed or put there to speak into your life. And you need that because when you're on an island and by yourself, that's when you're going to find yourself in a lot of trouble. And making a lot of mistakes. Speaking of that, Miriam, a lot of folks that listen to this are uh, young adults, college students, maybe right out of high school. What would be your word of advice to them 
as someone who's kind of on the back end of those things, has started successfully in your career, and honestly, you're probably at a different place today than you thought you would be 10 years ago. Yes. So what would you say to Miriam 10 years ago or to a college student now? Okay, well, I feel like, number one, take advantage of the resources you have. I mean, right now, they're literally, you know, youth ministers, college college ministers, like, reaching out to you, Um, you know, give them feedback, like participate. Um, you know, for me, um, at, um, in college, again, I was involved in the BCM, I was involved at church. And so I was, um, at moments I was the one that was being fed. Other times I was the one that was, you know, preparing the meal spiritually and feeding others. Mm. Um, and so, um, take advantage of those, develop those skills. If you're really struggling with reading your Bible, Right now is the best time to make yeah. use of that and um, just, you know, develop that. Uh, I hate to call that like a habit, but I mean, but it is something that, you know, comes naturally, something that every morning you do or whenever you do, um, you know, accountability uh, or even reaching out to others. If you're, um, the, we're told to spread the gospel. It doesn't matter if you're an introvert or extrovert. You're called to share and, 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 and mm. be faithful in that. So, you know, um, start Start developing that. Um, you have time. You have those resources available to you right now. And for example, for me, when I was in college and in, in the darkest time of my life, um, that's where I put what that foundation that I had learned. That's where I put it into practice. So it's and and now looking back, I also think like, man, I, what if I could go back, I would have started that earlier. I missed out on some of these joyous things, some of the goodness of, of these moments, but it was because I, I, I hadn't taken advantage of that. So don't look back and, and think about those years. And, and sometimes I do um, think back, but then also I'm thankful that God did call me and that God's not done with me yet. Um, so take advantage of those things. You have a bunch of resources. And then as you go through your life, you know, there will be moments where you don't fit in, um, in the specific group or category. Don't give up. Um, Mm. for me again, that was during law school where I just didn't fit in. Um, and I could easily throw in the towel and, and, and just walked away from, you know, church. Um, but it, but I stuck through it and it made a world of difference. And again, it just, but again, it wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gone through that if I wouldn't have put into practice practice and develop those foundations, those principles of, of scripture reading, about mentorship, accountability, and just overall in general, like having Christian friends. You can have good friends, but godly Christian friends are different. Well, Miriam, let's lighten the mood real quick with yeah. two simple questions. Yes. Number one, what is your favorite place in Hot Springs? Like, what do you mean by place? Like your favorite food, place. Food, it could be oh, restaurant. Oh, okay. It could be place to hang out. What is your favorite place in Hot Springs? Ooh, that's a tough. Probably my home. My home. Um, I'm at work a lot, and even my nephew thinks my work is actually my house. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's just my home. I, those last few years, I've actually kind of tried to develop it to a place where it's not um, – you know, just a place where you go to sleep, just actually interact with people, open it up, opening it up mm. to host for other people, um, making it, you know, uh, a living, I guess, in yeah. a way. So and that's my favorite. Second, place. is there a scripture or a Bible story that has captivated you and driven part of your life? Oh, that's a, that's a good one. Um, 
there is a verse, and I, uh, I wish I would have No, I put you on the spot. Yeah. It's okay. But there, it's a verse that says, if at all possible, live in peace with everyone or live in mm-hmm. harmony with everyone. And that's something that I try to live with, uh, live by, especially in this moment that we're going through in this world. Um, it's something that I try to live out and say, okay, is it worth it to get upset about this or is it worth it to cause a scene about this? Um, so if it's up to me, if the, if, if the ball's in my court and I can um, live in peace with people, like, I want to do that. Um, so that's, you know, one of my life verses or one of the things that I try to live out. Yeah, Miriam, so incredibly thankful for you. I remember during college, you leading Bible studies and you just being a ball of joy and energy that everybody looked to uh, for hope, for peace, for purpose. And so thank you for continuing to carry that on well into your career. So thankful for you. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, yeah thank well you, it's, Miriam. It's been a pleasure. I love this. Thank you. Hey, and we'll check you next time on the Lead Defend podcast. That's it for this episode of Lead Defend. Until next time, check out our website at leaddefend.org for details on the next Lead Defend conference or shoot Seth and Ryan an email at leaddefend at absc.org. If you want to help us out, rate and review Lead Defend on your podcast app and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening. Now go lead. A podcast from the Arkansas Baptist State Convention.